With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. What is going on, everyone? My name is Andy. Welcome back to another FPL video. In this one, we're going to go through eight things that we've learned during preseason to hopefully help us when we're building our Game Week 1 squads. Once you've watched the video, if there's anything I've missed, leave me a comment down below as well. And before we jump into it, if you haven't checked out Fantasy Football Hub, make sure you do. We're not far off from the Game Week 1 deadline now. Perfect time to sign up, and there's up to 50% off their memberships. And if you sign up, and don't win your mini you get your money back as well. Terms and conditions apply. All the links you need are in the description below. So let's start off with the Chelsea attack, which has done pretty well during pre-season. Now, one thing to know, a lot of the attacks have come down the left side, and that has been a bit of a common theme throughout pre-season for them, with Ben Chilwell tending to be a little bit higher than Reese James, which potentially could indicate more attack and returns, which is what we want for FPL. And if we look at the average positions for their game against Dortmund, you can see Ben Chilwell is number 21 average position past the halfway line and Reese James is number 24 and his average position is inside their own half now for what it's worth we have seen Pochettino teams in the past with both fullbacks attacking but there is a bit of a theme at the moment especially within the Premier League with teams kind of building up in a back three and either one player going into midfield so John Stones and Trent Alexander-Arnold for Man City and Liverpool but in some cases like Aston Villa which we're going to talk about later they push one of the fullbacks on into a more attacking role and that could be what we see from Ben Chilwell so from everything we've seen in preseason so far if you're only going to go for one it does seem to make more sense to go for Chilwell that being said I don't think you can shackle Reese James for very long and I would not be surprised if he's also very attacking this season potentially even the option of going for the double up just to continue on their attack but for the more advanced players obviously we know at the moment Nkunku has a little bit of an injury issue I'm recording this on Friday it's not 
not going to go out until Sunday. So we might have had an update. But interestingly, Nkunku has played in three different positions so far. Number 10, number 9, and off the left. So it looks like Pochettino wants to get him into that team no matter what it takes. So minutes-wise, as I've spoken about a lot, he is going to be great when he's fit. We still don't know what the penalty situation is, but it seems more likely that he would get them versus anyone else. The interesting thing is he's worked really well with Nicholas Jackson, who has mostly played as the number nine. So originally, when we first started talking about Chelsea, I thought Nkunku might play as a number nine in a few games. That doesn't look as likely. When they're both fit... It looks like Nkunku's going to play as the shadow striker slash number 10, and Jackson's going to have that number 9 role to himself. Obviously, when Broya's fully fit, and if or when Chelsea buy a new number 9, that might change things. But for 7 million, he is looking really kind of enticing right now. All right, now let's take a look at the Spurs attack. And this might sound a bit controversial, but perhaps if Kane does leave, and by the time you watch this, he may well have already gone, Spurs might be just as good without him. And I have seen a few other podcasts kind of speculate about this as well. Now, when Kane Kane has played during the preseason friendlies, and this is a small sample size. Spurs have tended to line up more in a 4-4-2, probably because Kane likes to drop a little bit deeper. Obviously, you get different type of forwards. Some want to be involved with all the play, like Kane. Some just want to be in and around the penalty box. But we know when Postacoglu took over, a lot of people thought they were going to play more of a 4-3-3. And they have moved to that when Richarlison has played. And he has been more of a penalty box number nine. Now, we know from last season, Kane dropping deep does not stop him scoring goals but if he does leave and we talked about Richarlison on a video recently he probably is going to be their number nine and he's only going to be tasked with one thing and that is scoring not coming deep and having to learn a new type of role and, and Richarlison I think came off the bench and scored a hat-trick in one game Kane has only scored one goal so far now obviously if Kane stays I'm not saying he's going to have a poor season in terms of goals we know he's going to score a lot it's not really about him it's more about how good Richarlison might be if Kane does leave so if you haven't already I I'd highly recommend checking out the AI team rating tool over on Fancy Football Hub. When you click that link in the description below, this is the screen that you're going to see. You just click on enter team and start putting in the players from your current draft. I've already pre-populated it with a team. Once you've done that, you click on analyze my team and very quickly and very smoothly, it's going to give you a team rating. Now, of course, I'm competitive. I want to improve that rating. So I can click on suggested transfers and the AI will tell me who it thinks would be a better pick for my my team if you want to use that part of the tool you do need to sign up for one of their memberships is up to 50% off at the moment and if you do sign up and you don't win your minley you can get your money back terms and conditions apply all the links you need are in the description below make sure to check it out before game week one so there could be some rotation at Arsenal which might slightly affect some of the players that we're looking to pick in FPL and the position I'm talking about is the left number eight so we know for the right side Odegaard is pretty much nailed on but there's obviously a vacancy on the left because Xhaka has left the club and there's three players that have played there so far at the time of recording Havertz, Trossard and Rice now when Havertz was signed it was automatically assumed that would be his position but early on in pre-season Trossard played there and his performances were really good so that led to some people speculating that Havertz might actually start the season on the bench now things have obviously been complicated a little bit more now that Jesus is injured and we will see the Community Shield later today to see who plays number nine because Inketia, Havertz or Trossard could play there but I'm thinking thinking more when everyone is fit so straight away that kind of makes me think Havertz is a slightly worse option I don't think many people are looking at him but it's something to consider but interestingly if Trossard is going to get minutes in that number eight role 
It might be bad for Havertz, but that could be good for Martinelli. Now, I know most of you are not worried about Martinelli's minutes, but I think if he's playing and Trossard's on the bench, that's an easy substitute for Arteta to make, and Martinelli could be subbed off slightly earlier than some of the other attackers. If Trossard's already on the pitch, that's obviously less likely to happen. I mean, they could bring someone else on to play number eight, Trossard moves to the left and Martinelli gets subbed off. But if Trossard's already on the pitch, I'd be a lot more happier about owning Martinelli. So that's something to know. It's also worth saying that Rice just played there in the last friendly. So it's not even necessarily going to be an attacking player. They could play party as kind of the, the deepest midfielder and then Rice and Odegaard in those two number eight positions. So there could be a bit of rotation there. I think in terms of Saka, Odegaard, Jesus when he's fit, it's probably not too much of an issue. But potentially, if Trossard's going to get minutes there, it makes me even happier about uh, owning Martinelli. So could Man City have some absolute bargains to start the season with? Possibly, right? Pep has continued using the 3-2-5 formation mostly during pre-season. So you've got your three defenders, one moves into midfield, and obviously you've got your attackers as normal. But one thing we've seen is Julian Alvarez getting a lot of game time. At the time of recording, I don't think any other Man City player has played more minutes than he has. Now, some of this is likely down to De Bruyne obviously recovering from injury. He's played no pre-season minutes so far. We'll see how many he gets in the community shield. But that is something to note because we've seen in pre previous seasons when a player is more fit than everyone else Pep is more than willing to give them game time at the start of the season it doesn't mean that if Alvarez starts game week one he's then going to go and play 38 games that doesn't happen for many players let alone at Man City but all of a sudden if he has played a lot during preseason, he's fit going into game week one he performs well against Arsenal in the community shield maybe we've got a 6.5 million forward that's going to play quite regularly for the first maybe three to four weeks. That's probably the length of time I would look at. After that, who knows what might happen. And obviously, we know he's not going to play as a number nine that regularly because Haaland is there ready and waiting. But we have seen the two of them play together. So perhaps Pep is cooking up something a little bit different. Maybe everyone that's talking about Alvarez is completely correct. We'll get a better idea from the Community Shield. But so far, he's played a lot of minutes during preseason. So I have mentioned a few times during preseason that I wonder if the Newcastle defence might regress a little bit going into this year. Not to the point where they're awful or anything like that. But last year, they were top two for expected goals conceded. Could they move down to like fourth, fifth, or even sixth place or something like that? Not to the point where it makes a huge difference to them as a team overall but maybe it makes a small difference to FPL in terms of picking their defenders and so far in pre-season and obviously you shouldn't take a massive amount of stock from pre-season but it's still interesting five pre-season games so far they've conceded at least one goal in each of them seven goals uh, total conceded they had a strong back line after halftime against Villa and they still conceded in that game as well I think it was Buendia that scored and look conceding seven goals in five games is not massive but this is a team last year where we came to expect a lot of clean sheets from and also we know at the start of the season they got difficult fixtures anyway so it does seem to me like they're a complete avoid at least until game weeks five and six and maybe in those first four fixtures especially Aston Villa in game week one we can get an idea of how their defense is going to perform so it could just be a pre-season blip but it is definitely worth something or something worth it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. 
And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Earth keeping an eye on. So I mentioned earlier that we're seeing more and more teams build up with the back three in possession. And Aston Villa are one of the teams that have shown that during preseason. But rather than invert the fullback into midfield like you might see Trent do at Liverpool, the fullback is providing width instead. So let's say that Diaby lines up on the right. He might move central to form a partnership with Watkins up front. And then Matt Cash would move up to provide that width on the right-hand side in attack. Now, straight away, that sounds great, doesn't it? Aston Villa are an exciting side. Matt Cash only four and a half million, but playing in a very attacking role. The problem is we're likely to see rotation because when you form that back three, you don't necessarily want an out-and-out fullback being one of the centre-backs. So to give you an example, if Luca Dean and Matt Cash were to play, Cash goes forward, do you really want Luca Dean to be your left centre-back? Probably not. So generally, if Cash plays, you're probably going to see Pau Torres on that side. And if Luca Dean plays, especially while Alex Moreno is injured, then you're probably going to see Konza on the right side instead, rather than both of them together. So I think Cash and Luca Dean will probably not share minutes. I would still assume that Matt Cash will play more, but it could be down to opposition and maybe even who Unai Emery wants to play an attack as well. So I think it sounds good on paper, but we should probably just ignore it. What that does mean is Tielemans might get a chance to play with both Kamara and Louise. We spoke about this in the signings video, that Tielemans has come in, there's probably going to be a bit of rotation. There probably still will be, but if those three play together quite a lot, Tielemans could be given more of an attacking role than perhaps we assume. So we'll keep an eye on that. Still not one to start the season, but it is worth noting, Ollie Watkins missed another penalty, and Tielemans has scored quite a lot. So at some point, he might become first choice penalty taker. At the time of recording, that has not been confirmed. And what's really interesting is... Diaby is playing central quite a lot. Now, sometimes we overestimate how important that is for FPL. One name that springs to mind is Eden Hazard. Sometimes he would move from the left to a central position and we'd all go nuts about how great that was. It doesn't necessarily mean they score more points, but I think Diaby has played really well. New player to the league, new team, and yet he seems to have settled in really quickly. Already scored a couple of goals during pre-season and obviously his price competitively compared to the other 6.5s like Eze, Matoma, March, uh, and, and Burmo, etc. Whether or not I would start with him, I don't know. Newcastle away is not a great fixture, but straight away after, it's Everton at home, Burnley away. If he's going to be playing centre, he's going to keep banging in the goals. I think he's one of the most exciting 6.5s that people are not talking about. For what it's worth, I'm almost certainly going to start with him, Burmo, and then have Matoma or Eze if I need a second. 
But if you want to go against the grain, do something differential. Diaby is working really well in this system. So there's a couple of things to talk about with Liverpool. Let's start off with their defence, which has been conceding quite a few goals during pre-season. 11 so far from five matches. And they've also been struggling to hold on to leads. So there was a game against German opposition, which I won't embarrass myself by trying to pronounce the name, where they were 3-1 up. They ended up drawing 4 all, And against Bayern Munich, they were 2-0 up. That was then 2-all at halftime. They went 3-2 up in the second half, and they ended up losing the game 4-3. Now, we shouldn't put a massive amount of stock in pre-season results. Liverpool could concede another 10 goals during pre-season and then be fine for game weeks 1, 2, 3, 4, etc. And obviously, it's not always the first 11 playing, but it did get me thinking about their system set up and obviously the personnel as well. So this 3-2-5 in build-up, where Trent goes into midfield, is still relatively new to Liverpool. Like Man City used it for a lot of last season. For Liverpool, it was mostly towards the end. So maybe the team is still getting used to it. But not just that. They've made some pretty good signings in the window so far in McAllister and Soboslai, but they've also lost Fabinho, uh, Henderson and Milner and other players as well. But particularly with Fabinho and Henderson, that is kind of two leaders in that midfield. And right now they don't have a natural number six either. There is discussions around Lavia and he might even be signed for Liverpool by the time you watch this video. But let's say that's the midfield three, Lavia, McAllister and Soboslai. You've got three brand new players to play in that midfield three. A lot of the time, clubs would prefer to kind of integrate players slowly or maybe have a new sign in attack and one in midfield and one in defence, not all in kind of similar positions. And for Lavia, he looks like a great young talent, but it's a big step up to go from Southampton to suddenly be in the leading number six for Liverpool. So there is a lot open in terms of how they might do. And I, I realise I'm kind of forming a narrative here to say, well, you know what, Trent's 8 million, maybe it's not worth starting with him. For what it's worth, he's so good in attack, and I do think Liverpool will get a few clean sheets along the way. He's still a great option. They do have five away games in the first eight. It's worth reminding ourselves at that. They'll probably be fine, but I think with this new setup, or relatively new for Liverpool, and three potential very good sign-ins, but now all have to play together because they don't really have anyone else, that could be a little bit of a concern for their defence, at least in the opening stages of the season. The attack, on the other hand, is having no problems whatsoever. They scored 15 goals so far, and the new setup is working really well for them. Darwin Nunez, in particular, four goals so far, almost exclusively in and around the penalty box, which is obviously great. That's what we want from an FPL player, but they also have Gakpo to play in that number nine role, and both players kind of have different different skill sets and that's one thing that kind of counts against Nunez as an FPL option because in some games Klopp is going to want to use Gakpo instead so for example and it might not work out like this maybe Nunez will just start the first six games but against Chelsea in game week one you're probably going to have a little bit less of the ball and you might need your number nine to kind of drop in and link up a little bit more and Gakpo is probably better than Darwin Nunez for that against Bournemouth at home in game week two you're going to dominate possession you're going to be creating plenty of chances. You want someone to get in and around the box. That is Darwin Nunez instead. And obviously that sounds good, right? You put Darwin Nunez in your game week one squad. You get him for game week two. But if he's not going to play game week one, and then you're worried about that afterwards, whether he keeps playing, it's just not really worth it. So I've said this a lot. Apart from Salah, I just don't think we can rely on any of the other attackers unless there's injuries and stuff like that. But one of the reasons that it's working well is because of the creators in midfield. Soboslai and McAllister are definitely going to help along those lines. And Salah himself, who obviously we know is absolutely nailed but costs a lot more, has had seven returns so far. But interestingly, six of them have been assists. And we saw the kind of last two seasons he has been a bit more creative 
not necessarily got a brand new role for Liverpool, but that is part of his game, especially when he's playing with Nunez. He is the presence in and around the box. Salah doesn't always need to come central. So I'm not trying to create a narrative here. I still think Salah is an excellent option. And if you've got him in your team, you should stick with it, especially if you're going to captain him against Bournemouth. But generally, as well as the attack is doing, we already know they're great. It's a minutes thing. That's why we can't go for them in FPL. But if there's an injury, that conversation changes. If Jota or Diaz get injured, the other one becomes really good. If Nunez or Gapo gets injured, the other one becomes good as well. So that's what I would keep an eye on. Let me know if you think there's anything I've missed that we should be keeping an eye on. Links, uh, not links. Leave a comment below and let me know. And if you do want to check out Fantasy Football Hub, make sure to get signed up before the start of the season, up to 50% off at the moment. Links to all of that in the description below. I will catch you again tomorrow. Sports Social Podcast Network.